The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal. We are back once again. Hello, everyone. My name is Joe Costello, and we are about to dive in with myths and misconceptions. Pieces of information that maybe are misunderstood by a lot of the people out there. And the person who is going to drive this show is my partner, not necessarily in crime, as far as you know, Mr. Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal. Keith, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself today, Joe? I am doing great. I am excited to learn about some of the things that people think are are true some of the things they think are true but maybe are not true and in particular we're going to talk a little bit about gas ported piston rings but before we get into that i'm thinking about the episodes of hidden horsepower that we have dropped over the past couple of months thinking about whether it be Lake Speed, Ron Shaver, whether it be Mark Cronquist from Joe Gibbs Racing Engines, you and Lake together, the episodes that are in the archive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know I get to hear them more than once. Just some amazing content for the engine builders and interested people out there. Yeah, I I bet you've heard them, uh, we'll say, probably more times than you care to. (laughs) You could recite them in your sleep. I can, and I've learned a lot, and I've learned that the the engine-building profession, and I think about the people that you're dealing with on a daily and weekly basis, the calls coming in, the questions coming in, that kind of stuff, it's kind of a tight circle. Everybody seems to know everybody. Maybe they don't know what everybody's doing when the shop doors are closed, but they're aware of the existence, whether it be East Coast, West Coast, circle tracks, sprint cars, drag racing, or otherwise, the engine-building community seems kind of tight. Yeah, that's for certain. It's, you know, doing what we do and as long as we've done it, you know, I, I hate to say the word that we know everybody because, you know, we don't know everybody, but if you if you don't know them, you know of them. You know, that whole six degree of separation thing, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows them. Uh, yeah, it really is a, a much tighter community uh, than a lot of people would imagine. You know, as big as this industry is, it's still it's still small. Everybody kind of knows every so everybody. So you kind of want to watch what you say. Don't ever talk bad about somebody because they're going to find out. So true. All right. We're talking myths and misconceptions. Total Seal is known for many things, but one of the things they are most known for is the gapless ring. And I want you to explain what the gapless ring is, because we have some racing fans that listen to this as well for entertainment to increase their knowledge base, maybe get a cool story or two, looking for more knowledge. And then we have our engine builders who maybe know. But talk a little bit about the gapless ring, what it does, why it was developed, and then we'll get into some of the misconceptions. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. Yeah, here at Total Seal, we welcome... The tech questions, the you know, the calls, the things you're not sure about, whether it be, you know, how to hone a block or you know how to set an end gap. Um, that's what we're all about. We're about trying to educate people, bring them, say, from where they're at to the next level, and and are challenged all the time by uh, you know the builders that are out there. How do we do it better? How do we improve upon this? And that's kind of you know we'll say the basis of the gapless piston ring. Uh, you know, we've been around since 1967. 
And Joe Moriarty, the founder of the company, uh, was developing an engine for General Motors at the time. And, and, and part of that development led to our two-piece capless piston ring. It was actually developing a rotary engine that we still have. We still have the thing sitting upstairs. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And one of these days, we'll actually get it put back together. Uh, but it came out of that and that desire to improve efficiency. You know, the air engine is nothing but an air pump. So if we can improve the efficiency, it's pumping efficiency, it's simply going to be just to say it, a more efficient engine, give you the potential to make more power. But within those phone calls that we get every day, we get kind of the same questions asked a lot. And there are some, what I want to refer to as misconceptions about the gapless piston ring, and I want to kind of touch on that. Uh, but before I do that, I want to give just a real brief history. Uh, we offer gapless top rings and gapless second rings. And I get asked the question all the time, well, which one's the better one to have? Which one's the right one? Well, so, you know, historically, we actually started off with the gapless ring in the top group. That's where we began in 1967. Uh, over the course of time, though, people were starting to have some problems. They were breaking rings, uh, damaging parts, and then subsequently, uh, this is prior to my working at the company, so I can just go by what was told to me, uh, the ring was moved to the second ring group. That would be in the late 70s, early 80s, that it transitioned from the top group to the second group. And it stayed there for, for decades. Uh, in 1999, myself uh, and the CEO of the company, Matt Hartford, started working on gapless top rings again to figure out why they were having those issues back in the day. And we, after you know quite a bit of dyno work and, and testing, we, we realized that the gapless top ring needed a bigger end gap than what was thought because it stops all the heat in the crown of the piston. It expanded more. It would butt the ring ends and then ultimately damage the ring and break. Uh, but that was, you know, way back in the day. And we discovered that. We figured out that's what it was. So we made the corrective action, increased the end gap spec, and the rest is history. We now offer the gapless top ring and the gapless second ring. But the question is asked all the time, which one's the better one to go with? Well, they both do an excellent job. They both reduce blow-by numbers. They reduce contamination in the oil pan, uh, less heat into the oil, all things that improve the wearability of the engine, but if you're if you're looking down at you know what I want to call the brass tacks, trying to make the, the last bit of horsepower, the closer you can move the gapless ring towards the intake valve, the more efficient it is on the intake stroke. So when asked the question, which one's the right one, you have to kind of evaluate your specific application. You know, if you're there trying to wring the last ounce out of it, trying to find everything it has from a potential point of view, the gapless top ring offers that most potential because it draws the hardest on the intake stroke, meaning it fills the cylinder better. It's pulling more air, more fuel. If we can do that, we have the potential to make more power. Now, from a leakage and a blow-by point of view, they're both very, very similar, gapless top or gapless second. So you kind of have to look at the application. If you're doing a streetcar, uh, low compression, just want to keep all the blow-by out, we want to keep the contamination out of the pan, uh, most guys, they're going to look at a gapless second ring set. But if the last ounce of power is, you know, what is driving you, you're looking for the ultimate inefficiency, it's the gapless top ring. So hopefully that answers the question to most people about gapless top or gapless second. Uh, one of the other things that we run into all the time is I, I, I get the question or the comment that you can't run the gapless ring with gas ports. And they love gas ports. Uh, gas porting pistons is really about the vertical clearance between the ring and the ring group, how tight you can run that clearance. And the, the, the number where things start to diminish is at about a thousandth and a half, one and a half thousandths, below about one and a half thousandths. 
depending on the application, you may not get enough gas pressure behind the ring to keep the ring loaded on the cylinder. So we introduce gas ports, allowing that extra gas pressure to get in and push the ring out. Uh, hence our new gas-ported top rings. For those people that don't have gas-ported pistons, you can easily add that as an option. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation. But uh, the point is the gas port is there to get gas pressure behind the ring to help load the ring. So it really isn't an effector against the gapless ring. The gapless ring loves gas ports. There isn't a time where I would say to someone, you can't run a gas port because of the gapless. So they work very, very well together. Another question that gets asked me all the time is that you can't run them with nitrous, you can't run them with a blower, you can't run them with turbos. And again, no, they love it. They absolutely love it. There's, there's no reason not to run it with that application. You just have to make sure you put plenty of end gap on the ring to give the ring room to grow. Uh, let's say you've got what I refer to as the dual purpose application. You've got a, a turboed streetcar. Well, when it comes to end gaps, you've got to set the gaps for the worst case scenario. You've got to gap it really big for when you're making the most power, even though that may only be 1% of the time that you drive the car. You still got to gap it big. Piston to wall clearance has to be set for that. Bearing clearances have to be set for that. But when you do that with a ring in that dual purpose application, many times you run into something that's got a lot of blow by in it because you've had to put that big gap. Well, the gapless ring is the perfect combination to that. It eliminates the blow by. You've set the gaps big, but now you've got the gapless ring. It's blocking off the end gap. So hence, it's eliminated the blow by. Interesting. Now, these kind of misconceptions, I've heard them going way back to when I was uh, hanging around an engine shop, especially with nitrous oxide. And that's something that, as much as the turbos are super popular right now, and they are nitrous oxide with that long, rich history in early episodes, we spoke with Pat Musi, et cetera, and about the evolution and the arc of nitrous and how it's just it's really been uh, engineered over and over again. Early on, I heard that misconception. Where do you think it came from? Where I think that came from, Joe, is, again, we're back to kind of the, you know, the thought with the gapless top ring initially is not enough end gap. Uh, what we find through, again, just the testing and working with guys like Pat, you know, and you know, the Tony Bischoffs of the world and the Mike Morans and all these guys that build these big, big, super, you know, big power engines, uh, you find out that this stuff really needs a big, big end gap. It's got to have a lot of room to grow. And, and that's what I think happened in the early days. We simply didn't have enough end gap on the rings, so the ring ends butted. And that, in turn, led to, you know, premature bore wear, premature wear on the rings, because uh, the thing to remember with these rings, they're made out of the same materials as a conventional ring. You know, if you've got say, our AP steel ring. Well, that's stainless steel with a chrome nitride coating. Well, the gapless version, it's still the same ring. It's the same material. It's the same coating. We just convert it simply to our two-piece gapless ring, eliminating the end gap. Uh, if you have a ductile molly ring, uh, you know, conventional type of set, well, the gapless ring is the same thing. It's still a ductile molly ring. We just make it gapless. So from it, you know, a, being aggressive on the bore or wearing the bore or doing anything like that, it's, it's, the coatings and the materials are the same. They're not more aggressive. What ends up happening is end gap problems. The other thing is, is fuel wash. Uh, the one thing, again, we go back to the gapless ring, it does draw harder on the intake stroke. Again, part of that increased efficiency in the engine, it pulls more air, pulls more fuel. Well, if you've got a carburetor, 
you know, versus fuel injection, a carburetor, the harder I signal the booster in the carburetor, it's going to pull more fuel. So I have run into it, and like you said, in those early nitrous pieces, uh, pull more fuel to it, and they were running the engine rich, and they just didn't realize it. And that can lead to, you know, it will see excess bore wear or, or, you know, more rapid bore wear than it should be. But, again, something being done to it but not by the ring. I think a point that stands out is that you have to set – the combination for the most, uh, you know, maximum situation that's going to be happening. The streetcar guys can certainly relate, but that sounds true if we're pouring a ton of nitrous into it, because at that max power moment, that's where everything's going to, you know, swell, if that's the right word, and you might have a failure. Absolutely. You've got to look at, like you say, maybe that that literally that 1% of the time, maybe a half a percent of the time that you're in that, you know, just that extreme environment where, you know, it's just at that maximum power, maximum amount of time, but it only takes, that's the time you have to set everything up for. We have to look again, like we said, you know, clearances, material types, you know, the piston, you know, 26, 18, 40, 32, you know, what size of the rings we have to look at that worst case scenario because, you know, if it doesn't, you know, survive that little moment in time, uh, would you say the whole thing's going to heck in a handbasket really, really fast? And that gets expensive. So gapless rings can work with nitrous oxide combinations. You mentioned the turbos as well. Let's dig deeper on that, Keith, because the turbo combination has become so popular. Everybody is going out and turbocharging everything right now. Boosted cars, easy power. They love the sound. They love it all. But a gapless ring will work with that. Tell me about why you think that came around, that people think that, that it will not work. And is it ex- are we talking the same situation, just uh, max power moments, people are, are not setting it up properly? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. You know, the, the word of mouth out there is, is a great thing and at the same time can be a bad thing. You know, you have a guy that had an issue, uh, you know, 40 years ago that had this happen with an early nitrous piece or an early blower piece. And, and again, like all of us, we're always learning. We're always trying to make this product better. Uh, we never stand on our laurels and say, hey, this is as good as it gets because that's not it. We're constantly, constantly striving to make it better because nobody ever comes at us ever and says, you know, what do you got that's less than what I have? They always want more. What's new? What's better? You know, so we're constantly working on that. But uh, where, where I'm going with that is th- that same misconception that was out 40 years ago got told to two guys, and that got told to four guys, and those four guys are eight guys, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you have those myths that are out there that you can't use it with this, you can't use it with that, and that information's being spread for, for, you know, for years, for decades, and it's just absolutely not correct. It's wrong. Uh, they, they work very well with us. But to go to the turbo thing, you know, it, it's amazing. You know, at my age, and I think I mentioned this in another episode, I mean, there was a time when I had a, you know, a 500-horse small block on the street, and let me tell you, my stuff was fast. Uh, <laughs> today, that's everybody. I think, I think my wife's V6 makes that much power. Uh, so, you know, 1,500-horsepower turboed streetcar today is, is not unusual by any means. But going back to what we talked about on the nitrous, we have to set all the clearances up. We have to set everything up for that worst-case scenario, especially if it's something that's going to stay on the hammer for a while where we're really building a lot of heat in the engine, a lot of heat through the rings in the cylinder. So we have to set those gaps, those clearances. And again, coming back to the gapless ring, 
it's the purpose it's the perfect dual purpose part it lets you set those gaps for that worst case scenario you know in the worst environment you might need 30 35,000 zen gap you know in a turboed ls to make sure the rings can't butt but going back to the 99% of the time that you're just cruising it just having a fun time Man, you got blow by. You've got stuff coming out the breathers. It's getting in the puke tanks uh, because you're not developing the heat that it takes to make the part expand that far. So the gapless is the perfect dual purpose scenario. Uh, it lets you gap it big, but yet when you're not needing it, it's still sealed up tight as a drum. And that is what is critical for eventual life, keeping the, uh, what did you say early on, speaking of an early episode, keeping you know the oil in the bottom. Keeping the oil where the oil belongs. Yes. Exactly. It needs to stay down in the bottom. Simple as that. Uh, now, what about, get? we talk about gas-ported rings all the time, and these are gapless rings, which maybe you would use a gas-ported piston. Talk about the relationship of all of those things. And, uh, you know, some people think you can't use a gas-ported piston with gapless rings. You can do that, detail it, and then I've got a follow-up. Absolutely, yeah. The gas-ported piston... And the gas-ported ring are like a hand and a glove. They work perfectly together. There's no time that you can't do that. Uh, they absolutely work fantastic. And one of the things that we've found through the testing that we're always doing is we can actually gas-port the gapless ring. There, you know, we can actually add that feature to the gapless ring if you don't have a gas-ported piston. There's a lot of people that are buying you know, I'll call it shelf pistons, I'm air quoting, by the way, uh, that don't have gas ports in them, but yet they're going to turbo it. They're going to put 30 pounds of boost, 25 pounds of boost, and they really need to have that gas port. When you've got that increased cylinder pressure, whether it be from a big nitrous system or, you know, big boost turbo, you've got to get that gas pressure behind the ring. The ring itself can only do so much work to load itself on the wall. It's got to get that combustion pressure behind the ring to push it out, force it against the wall, and seal it up. So when we're increasing those pressures so significantly, we've got to get that pressure behind it. And the gas port's the simplest, easiest way to get it in there, get it behind the ring, and keep that engine sealed up. The amount of stories I can tell you from guys from you know Subarus to LSs that are doing 30-pound of boost, 25-pound of boost, they buy the shelf piston, they have problems, it's not sealed up, and it's simply a matter of adding the gas port. Bang, that's what they're missing in their combination. You add the gas port, it's sealed up. Now, with the gapless, as I started saying, you can actually add the gas ported feature to the gapless ring. So now you can combine that combination into your non-gas ported piston, and you've got the benefits of both worlds. You've got the to get the gas pressure behind it, and you've got the gapless to eliminate the blow-by. That was going to be my next question. Can those features be added together? Recently, we had Lake Speed on the performance TV show that I host on Motor Trend, and we talked about shelf pistons, air quotes. And I understand what you're saying in that you're an engine builder or... Um, you're, you're looking for something. It's just easier to get a, a standard or shelf piston as opposed to a customized piston with gas boarding. All the process is just shorter. It's quicker. It's easier. It's less expensive. But he gave us a lot of insight into the idea that you can make a lot of that up with just the ring and bring that power back and just have a less exotic piston with a slightly more exotic piston ring, which if you end up at the same power at the end of the day, you've done something. 
Absolutely. That's a, it's a, it's a very, you know, I'll use the word quick, simple way to add that feature. Uh, again, there's, there's, it, it's extremely convenient to buy that, again, air quote, shelf piston. They're, you know, they're, they're less expensive, less time, uh, especially today with all the shutdowns that are going on in this country. Uh, piston manufacturers are trying to crank out as much product as they can, but I'm hearing six weeks, eight weeks. You know, a lot of times you just can't wait for that custom piston, and I, I certainly get that. We can add the gas port to the ring. It takes a couple of days. Not a big deal. Pick your piston. Pick your ring. We add the gas ports. Now you've got the benefit of that package. And you're sealed up. It's doing the job it needs to do. And the gas ported option can be added to just about any ring set we do. Uh, we've done them as thin as 0.6 millimeter uh, for those in thousands. That's 0.23.6. We've gone all the way to that thin and absolutely worked perfect. Wow, that is amazing stuff. So gapless rings, what have we learned? Can they be used with nitrous? The answer is yes. Can they be used with turbochargers or boosted applications? The answer is yes. You just have to prepare for that max power moment in terms of your original uh, setup. Any other myths and misconceptions related to gapless rings, one of the longstanding premier total seal products that people use in naturally aspirated applications, they can also use with boosted applications. Anything else stick out in your mind, Keith? Nothing that pops up immediately. I, you know, I get guys, again, we go back to that gapless top versus gapless second, uh, and, and perfect example, and, and I believe leaks at, at Ron Shaver's place right now, and, and Ron's you know, famous, famous engine builder, does a tremendous amount of sprint cars, and uh, you know, I, I do get some guys say, oh, you can't run a gapless ring because it won't let the pressure get past the rings. Well, well let me tell you this, folks. You know, Ron builds one heck of a good engine. He's run gapless top rings. He's run gapless second rings. Those engines spin well over 9,000 RPM or making practically 1,000 horsepower on alcohol. And guess what? He doesn't have any ring seal problems. They're sealed up tight as a drum, and he's run both. Uh, a lot of people misdiagnose themselves about having this problem or that problem related to this kind of ring, that kind of ring. You know what, folks? It, you know, not to say we're the piston ring doctors, but you know, give us a call. It's it's like a, you know diagnosing yourself. You you call, you go online, you read all this stuff. You next thing you know, you're dying. You got the sniffles. All these things are going on. Then you call your doctor and you said, no, you got allergies. Uh, before you self-diagnose the problem, give us a call. Talk to us about it. More than likely, it's not a ring issue. You're always soliciting the phone calls. Keith at Total Seal. Get on there. Reach out to him. He's been my co-host for many different episodes. Is it as simple as, let me ask you this, uh, people who are engine builders can tell that I'm not an engine builder, but I do. I'm so interested, and we've learned so much over the course of this podcast. And for you listeners out there, hopefully you guys have as well. If you're a new listener, go back to the very first episode and kind of follow along the journey. It has been really fun and interesting. We've learned a lot about the technology that goes into piston rings, how vital and important they are. For instance, these uh, gapless rings, you talked about how if you were trying to get maximum power out of an application, you'd want the top ring to be gapless. Uh, what about naturally aspirated versus power adder is that another way to determine where the gapless ring goes like power adder bottom side uh naturally aspirated top side is can you do it that way or are they related 
yeah, there, there's a little bit of a relationship there. In the Power Adder application, uh, you can, I, I really don't see a significant difference power-wise, whether it's a gapless top ring or a gapless second ring, because as we stated, it is a power adder. It's shoving it in no matter what. Uh, we've just got to get it to stop from getting past the rings. We don't want the blow-by. We don't want the contamination down in the oil. We want to keep the oil oil. We don't want it to become fuel with a little bit of oil added to it. So we want to keep all that stuff out. Gapless top ring or gapless second ring, I've never seen a significant difference in power. They both seal extremely well. Biggest thing I've seen, and, and I've just kind of always adhered to this, I like to keep the gas pressure above the rings as high as I can, but both sets, so I'm kind of saying, hey, I like the gapless top ring, but you know what? I've run both. They both work perfectly well. I guess it kind of comes down to like peanut butter or jelly, ketchup or mustard. You know, which one do you like the best? There isn't, you know, there isn't one thing that's right for everybody. So we can help you with that. Again, that phone call, that email, we can talk about your application. One thing that does kind of come into play is how thick the rings are. Uh, there are applications out there that will run a very thin top ring compared to a thicker second ring. And there are exceptions where I'll look at somebody that's got a very thin top ring, though it can be made gapless, I think they're better off to go with the second ring. Simply, it's got more mass in it. It's going to handle more heat, less chances of fatiguing that part. So, again, it's kind of one of those you know, individual case-by-case -case things where we can make that suggestion. He's Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal Piston Rings, and you can tell why. Keith, give those numbers. Let them know where they can reach out if they have these questions. You know who the audience are. They are people who are looking to get smarter and stronger and build engines better, or maybe they've got their own one-off project. And uh, here we are trying to defuse some myths and misconceptions about the gapless rings. Now they got a question, where should they get you? Well, you can reach out to us at TotalSeal.com. Uh, you can find myself there, the other guys that work here. Uh, we're all on there for the email. My email is KeithJ at TotalSeal.com, or you can call us, 800-874-2753. We're all available. We're all here. We've got a great group of people here. They're very knowledgeable and can answer just about any question you may have. Keith, thank you very much. Myths and misconceptions on Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal. This episode, Gapless Rings. More guests to come, more celebrity engine builders, more big personalities, and of course, more information about how to find that hidden horsepower. I'm Joe Costello, WFO Joe on Instagram and Twitter. Follow along. Of course, I do the WFO Radio podcast. This is one of my favorite things to do, getting together with Keith Jones. Keith, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for your time. Everybody, be safe out there. We're still fighting this bug. we still got a way to go, ways to go. Uh, wear your masks, wash your hands, and be safe. There he goes. Thank you, Keith. I agree with everything he said. Stay tuned. Write a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time on Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal.